I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello, this is Vic Cohen broadcasting live from downtown Los Angeles' Skid Row Studios. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question, because on this show, every question is a fair question. There is no question that is too personal or ever off limits. And tonight, I have a very good friend. Really, I consider him like family. Maybe like a little brother or maybe a a nephew. At one point, I believe he's called me, maybe even recently, Uncle Vic. And not in the creepy way. I've never, he's never sat on my lap as much as I've asked him and begged. (laughs) I'm talking about a very special and talented friend of mine. He's an actor. He's an entrepreneur. He is Alex Mandel. Hello. Hello, Vic. Yes. This is, this is I, I know that um, we were actually going to do this before and it, and it didn't work out. So I'm happy I'm, I'm here now. You know what? It's great to have you anytime. Yeah. And stay right on top of that, mic. So uh, thanks so much for coming down here to the studio. It's great seeing you. You know, I have a very special connection to you. I've known you for a long time. I, you know, uh, I think you were about like eight, maybe seven, uh, nine. I, I would say so, yes. Something like that. Yeah. Um, how old are you now? I'm 23 years old. Wow. You yeah. are a young man. Uh, yes. I, you, I'm I'm afraid to call myself a man, but yes. Well, I was at your bar mitzvah when it was official. You, <laughs> yeah. you don't feel like a man. No, I, I like to think of myself still as a boy. I like to still have fun and, right. and be weird. But I, I do know that, yes, you were at my bar mitzvah, and I still have one of the gifts you got me. Oh, tell me. Um, I think was, I know what this was. Yes. No, it was... Um, it was an American flag speedo, which is totally appropriate to give a thirteen-year-old <laughs> yeah, from so, Uncle Vic. Yes, it was, yeah, and you know what? I still have it, and and you're wearing it now. Uh, yes, because <laughs> they're lucky. That's they are lucky. Way. Yeah. Well, um, the way I know Alex is through his father. His father is Howie Mandel. I worked with Howie. We first, I first met your father on his daytime talk show. It was appropriately called the Howie Mandel Show. And then um, your father and I had a great connection. And it's just been such a, he's, his, my relationship with him has been uh, the most uh, special relationship I've ever had with, you know, someone other than like family. I mean, you're, you've got such an amazing father and, um, and getting to know you is part of that you know, one of the blessings of that relationship, getting to see you grow up. And um, so having you here is, has a lot of meaning in many different ways. Uh, what are you working on right now, Alex? And tell everyone, you know, it's got to be a little challenging when you've got a father who is so well-known to kind of, uh, to make your own way. It's hard anyways at 23. I know it was for me. Um, well, what's that experience like for you? Yeah, it's... Um you know, I, I'm trying to do the whole acting thing and everything, and I've been doing that for years. And it is, as much as it, it does help, you know, to have uh, my father be who he is, because sometimes that is what gets me in the door to an audition or anything like that. But, of course, it's still on my my talent to get me through and to get me the part. So the thing is, is yes, it it helps a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like they judge me a lot more and they tried I have to like live up to this name when I'm trying to make it on my own and the thing is I don't ever like to use the daddy card I call it I I won't use that like you know when I meet new people that's one of the last things they know uh if I'm working in a production where my dad's not working on you know people don't need to know I there's not everyone else telling everyone what their dad does right for a living so I don't feel the need to share mine and it just works out that way for me because people, you know, I work and people respect me for my own work rather than who I am or where I've come from or who my dad is. And it ends up being um, better for me in my mind because I feel like sometimes things are given to me because of who my dad is, which is great because they're given to me. But it's bad because then you still have the thought of you did, you couldn't get it on your own. Mm-hmm. And uh, had, this may sound like a crazy question, but did you ever, as an actor, think about changing your last name? A lot of people do that. I wouldn't do it, but um, it is something some have done. I, you know, I've had people ask me that. And the, the truth of it is, as like what I was saying before, it does help me get in the door. And in this business, it really is all about connections. Other people that I know that are acting, 
You know, it's like they got in because they knew the director. They got in because they knew who, the casting director. Well, it's all about, it is relationships often. Yes. Whether, and, and, and I agree with you. I mean, if I, if my, my father's in the insurance business and um, one of my brothers works with him and I'm certain that that relationship obviously um, helps, it helps my brother in his career. And there's no reason that I think it would be crazy not to take advantage of that. Yeah, and I and I I do when I you know it's the right time to do it. Anything that that's relating to any sort of entertainment work, I have no problem. You know, if I if I'm meeting someone for connections, then you know if it's going to help me, it's not a problem to for them to know who my dad is because they're like, oh, you know, it's familiarity. These people don't want to be bothered by someone most of the time who they can't have any relation with, which is weird because I actually I see my dad a lot out in public. And someone else, uh, you know, an actor will walk by that's well known and he'll say, you know, hey, and call them by their first name. And they go, oh, hey, Howie, you know, and they're talking every day. I said, oh, you know them? He goes, no. But the thing is, it's that familiarity card that's like, oh, it's like some secret club that they're in, you know, Mm -hmm. that they're all in. And I think it takes that sometimes like that that connection in order to make people feel comfortable and familiar with you to allow you into their world. Yeah. And I. I agree. And I think that um, you got to use everything. It's not about, and ultimately when it, it really comes down to what you or anyone brings into the room. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it gets you to the door and through the door, but then everything rests on you and you feel that perhaps there's even more pressure. There's, there's a lot. And even, you know, there was one audition I went in for, for a horror film um, when I was 21. And I went in and the first thing the director said, cause he was sitting in the room was look, I know who your dad is. I don't care if he's the president. If you're not good, I'm not hiring you. And you know what? In my mind, as much as that was pressure, it was the greatest thing I could have heard. Because I know that if I got this part, it was because of me. Right. Did you so get the part? I did get the part. It'd be a really sad story if you didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it probably wouldn't be a story I, I would, would be tell. scared. To, yeah, I was almost afraid to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't get it. No, yeah, I did get What's it. The, what is the project? Uh, that's called Killer Holiday. Okay. And we filmed that uh, in Santa Barbara. It was a horror film that was starring Michael Copan. And the director, Marty Thomas, was um, uh, great. And we filmed that and everything like that. And it's actually going to come out in November. And it's being uh, distributed by Lionsgate, actually. So it's, okay. a, it's a Lionsgate film, which is awesome. So does this mean it's going to have a regular theatrical release? Um, I'm, I'm not sure about uh, the, whether it's theatrical or not. I definitely know that it's going uh, DVD and um, it will be out. This, the announcement actually that it was being distributed by Lionsgate came out yesterday. Okay, so, so that's a big is, deal, right? It is a big deal. It's very exciting. And so that's, that's something that I, I worked on a, a while ago. But it's it's still bringing me excitement to this day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. You never know where anything can lead. Yeah. And stuff that you might have done a few years ago suddenly could be released. And then you never know how well it's going to do. You know, something that you think, you know, may have been a smaller project or a bigger project could be, you know, some of these actors go, this was the best uh, film I've done, you know, before it comes out. I'm so right. proud of this. And it flops. Was that your first feature? That it, That was my first feature. Yes. And how did that feel? I mean, this was something you weren't working with your father on, right? I mean, no, he had he had uh, no affiliation with this at all, and it was so great because I actually, you know, got this audition just from uh, you know meeting uh, the one of the producers working on it, and I got the meet I got the audition audition for it. They called me the next day to tell me that they to offer me the role. They said it was a lead role. I was super excited for that. And I've never done a feature film. I've been, I was wanting to for so long. I've been working in TV. And the thing is, is I, I did that. And it was just so like, you know, to drive to set every morning and have all this equipment around and everything like that. It was just exciting every morning. And I would wake up, you know, sometimes at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. Did you have a sleeping problem? Um, <laughs> no. That's for the call, right? I actually, I didn't, my call was actually noon the next day. Oh my God. But I was just so excited. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's the ultimate to be doing what you love. It's cliche, yeah. but it's true. No, it is. It's great to wake up every morning and be excited to go, oh my God, I'm going to go in again. You how know, how long were you on location with that? Uh, that lasted a, close to three months, if I'm not Really? Mistaken. You were out of town for three months during well, that Well, it, it was in Santa Barbara and I was living somewhere in LA. And uh, 
I actually, there was the uh, Actors Beach House in Santa Barbara for all the uh, actors to stay in, which was awesome. So and, what was that like? Well, here's the thing. I like my bed. I'm very big on like, no matter how far, it's, it was worth the drive for me to still go back What's to- What's so special about your bed? It's Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's something- Do you have an OCD like your dad? I have terrible OCD. Is this part of it? Um, a little bit. You know, it's it's not, okay, I say I have terrible, but in relative to my dad, I have nothing. Right. You know, just for those of you who don't know, um, Howie Mandel, uh, Alex's father, has gone public about his OCD and uh, it, from everything from washing of the hands. It's mostly the palm of the hand, right? For your fat, for your dad. Uh, yes, it's, I mean, he would prefer to touch nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure your mom feels great about that. (laughs) Yes. Except for when he decides he's not going to touch her. No, I know. I was joking. I mean, like, how do you have a relationship? (laughs) No, No. well, you know, it's different. And the thing is, is, um, people say, do you have that as well? And the thing is, is I don't like to touch a lot of things. I still never touch doorknobs, still never do any of that. How do you feel about touching me? Um, well, that's, that's. I don't a, mean in that way. <laughs> I don't mean in that way. Um, well, if you're asked, I do shake hands, which okay. he doesn't. Right. Um, but I, you know, it's more of, it's, it's just, it's weird. Um, do you think that your OCD is because of the environment you were raised in or more the way you're wired like your dad? Well, that's, that's what I was saying is people ask if it was nurture or nature. Right. And for me, I felt like, you know, when I was growing up and every kid needs to hold on to the railing when they're walking down the stairs. Right, so that they don't fall. Well, I every time I was going to touch the railing, it was no, no, don't touch that. You know, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, that was bad. Don't touch that. You know, that's something right. that I learned. This is your dad talking. Yes, and it, it, you know, in his extreme OCD in his mind was like, you know, I he can't touch this because it's dirty. Right, and you know, it went as far as I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I'm, I'm, I don't care. Um, <laughs> he he actually told me that. When I was in first grade, and it stuck with me till now, uh, when I was in first grade, he pulled me aside and he said, "On before my first day of school, don't if you have to go number two, don't use the bathroom at school." And I said, "Wait, why?" And he said, "Because there's germs on it, and the germs could kill you." <laughs> and which you know, it's funny now; it's ridiculous that he told first me grade. that. Yeah, so, so. at uh, recess, that. It came and I, I had to go number two, but I didn't want to die. So I stood in the yard, in the no. schoolyard, and I, I had to go in my pants because that was the only oh. way not to die. But the thing is, is I went back into the classroom, had to hide it. I remember my mom having to come bring clothes. This is in first grade. Wow. And my mom asking me, why did you do that? Why didn't you just go to the bathroom? I said, I didn't want to die. And she pulled me aside because the school nurse was like, what? And she pulled me aside and I said, because... Dad told me that if you use, if you touch the bathroom, you could die. And so it's been like that, you know, now I look back on it and it's funny, but you know, it's because of his, his, you know, mental state and his state of mind where he just couldn't deal with that. How else did it, did it play in your childhood? Um, I know that, uh, every time, well, every time, every time I had to like use a public restroom, because his that, that's his nightmare is yeah. restrooms and hospitals or doctor's office anything. So a hospital restroom is the worst. Yes, uh, that is the worst. Yes, and but he used to do this thing where I had to to pee in the in the urinal, so he would hold me up so that I wasn't touching anything. And once I was done, he would just shake me, which probably didn't look good <laughs> because he's shaking a little kid, you know, in the back. Never looks good. No. Trust me. But I just remember that <laughs> you know he was telling me that the first time I ever in a crowded uh, restaurant came out of the bathroom. And yelled across the restaurant. I said, Dad, Dad, I didn't touch anything. <laughs> and he was he was so proud. My mom was so embarrassed. And that's just was my childhood was, you know, don't touch this once someone else has touched it. Don't do this. Don't, you know, everything was very, but it was normal because you grow up in that. And it wasn't weird to me. It wasn't like people go, was it hard growing up with, with that? No, you know, and, and same with when people say, what is it like having a dad, you know, like that now? And I say, well, I don't know any different. I haven't had any other fathers. Right. So. Well, having worked, you know, closely with your dad many years, um, I find that some of that stuff does rub off on me and other people who've worked with him. You oh, know? yeah. Especially the bathroom stuff. I mean, he makes sense. Every, everyone that works with him for a long enough period of time, all of a sudden 
they don't want to shake hands or they're not touching. All of a sudden, they're a little bit more conscious about it. And he knows he's he's like has his craziness about it. And if you say, do you think it's normal? He'll say no. Well, yeah. And for a while, it was a secret, right? Uh, I mean, he wasn't very public about it. He it was it was he was very quiet about it just because mental health wasn't really a known issue. Mm-hmm. It was, um, you know, it, it, I mean, it wasn't, it was a known issue. It wasn't really a respected issue. It was like, as soon as something's mentally wrong with you, there's, you know, it's a terrible thing. When truthfully, you know, his belief is, you know, you go to the dentist to maintain your teeth. You go to the doctor for regular physicals. Why shouldn't you be checking up, you know, mentally with a, a therapist, which is a big part of everyone's life. And so he, you know, is so proud now to say, like, I do go to therapy. This is what helps me, everything like that. So now he's able to, it's a bit freeing for him that he could tell people and share it. Yeah, and it also makes it freer for other people. Yeah. I go to therapy and I, you know, probably um, the more people are open about it, the more comfortable I feel, you know, to talk about it. And I agree with your dad's philosophy. And also I think it's, it makes for a healthier child, you know, in you because- there's no stigma if you wanted to go see a therapist at any point. It's only encouraged, I'd imagine, versus uh, what's wrong with you. And, and it, that's, you know, that's that's exactly what it was. You know, there was things that were hard for me when I was, you know, I wasn't very good in school. I just never was. And that had to do with not like pretty much my ADHD, which I believe also came from my father. I just couldn't, <laughs> gifts you know. keep coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had every sort of... Uh, um, letter you can have, ABCs, and all this stuff, you know. Uh, but I had ADHD and well, still do. And it, it just. You've been very good here. You've been very oh, focused. Well, look, if you see, people can't see, but I've been, if you notice, I touched the microphone. I've been grabbing my, I'm like, I need to be fidgety at least a little bit. Right. Okay. But, it, you know, it's just um, it, in school, it, it came down to homework, actually, which it sounds like a lazy excuse, you know, oh, he's just not doing his homework because he's lazy. But the thing was, is just no matter how much I said, oh, you're going to go home and do your homework. I would go home and I'd be like, um, you know, I'm going to do this first and this and this and this and this and then nothing happens. And I don't end up doing it. And so they moved me to a uh, private school where I'd have a little, it was, I only had about 25 kids in my grade. Wow. And so, so you could graduate number 25 in the class and that would sound good. Yes. But not quite that impressive. <laughs> because no one needs to know how many there actually were. <laughs> right. So you so, could say you're in the top 25. Yeah. At that, all times. It, exactly. Was that I, your I, high school? Uh, that was my high school. Yes. And it was great and it, it worked for me and everything like that. But it was just, um, that was like everything where I felt like you always feel, because that's something mental as well. Yeah. And that's something I felt really bad about was just that. You know, I felt like I was, I couldn't do this. I'm not capable of doing this. And no matter how much my mom or my dad or anyone else would say, you know, it has nothing to do with being able to do this. You're still smart. You're still being able to actually, you know, know the information. You just aren't getting things done. And so at that point, yeah, my dad was like, you know, you should talk to someone, see if they could help you. And it was, you know, never wanted to go down the medication route or anything like that. But I tried, um, you know, different methods and different things helped me. And to this day, uh, people ask me about what I what I do, and I say I'm an actor, or I like to produce my own, you know, shorts or or whatever I can produce. And when and, you say shorts, you don't mean producing them; you mean like video. You don't make like shorts, like you don't make undergarment like shorts. Well, from like from Bermuda the high shorts, school I or, went to, I actually did learn how to sew, and we had to make shirts. So you so were I, making I shorts. I technically can make shorts. Okay, but yes, but short videos is what I yeah, what I should I specify. Um, no, yeah, so I, short films. Yeah, is is. Better, better understanding. But um, yeah. uh, see, here goes my ADHD. Where was, what was I telling you? I don't know. I think I have a touch of it too. I think we were talking about your film coming out. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> that was like 10 minutes ago. Um, you were talking about, um, hey, the number here is 800-893-9562 <laughs> if you'd like to give us a call. I'm talking with Alex Mandel, 800-893-9562. Um, you're talking about fidgeting, um, your ADHD in school. Uh, <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably the wrong guy. No, I, no, this is this is great. I just like that both of us totally. Yeah. Had, okay. Well. I feel it's more it's more on me because I'm the host. Like you get off. I'm like, you no, know. I, but I'm I have some of this too. So it's interesting to hear that from you. I think it's a creative thing. 
Oh, I do know where I was going with this. Good. Yes, I just it just popped back in my head. But um, I was saying that like when I, right now when I you know have any sort of I want to do something like business wise because I do these I'm an actor do producing that kind of stuff. Any interest I have, I have to be a professional at it. That's like my OCD is. I need to literally sleep in my bed next to my laptop because when I have an interest, I need to do tons and tons of research so that I know everything about it. Like you're a really good editor. Uh, yes. And I went to school for editing and, you know, Avid certified. And, and that that was great, you know, for me because now I could edit all my own videos that I want to do or even for my dad's projects too. I do uh, editing for them as well. Right. So the OCD in that case has been has paid off. Yeah. I mean, you know, even to, I had an interest, we'll still have an interest in bartending. So I went to bartending school. I had an, you know, anything I have, I'm have an interest in real estate. So I'm going to, to real estate school right now. Are you really? Yeah. So I'm doing that. And then I was like, oh, you know what? It might be cool to become a uh, ordained minister. So I did that. So anything, <laughs> anything I have an interest in, I just kind of do it. So the most dangerous word in the wor- world for you is Google. Like yes. You decide you want to, like, um, you just parked your car downstairs. Did you have any interest in, like, parking attendant type work? Because, I mean, like, this could come at any time, right? You know, it, honestly, I'll I'll do something. I walked into here, not yeah. going to lie, walked into here. It's like, hmm, I, I wonder if I could put something together. Like, like, it's just like, oh, how could I do this? How could I? I always think about, you know the next sort of thing I can I can work on. Now, where my ADHD is a problem is, am I going to finish that? Mm-hmm. Because I start so many things and... Well, you had the Samuel, if you want to check out some of um, Alex's <laughs> work. He, had a, he created a character called Samuel. Now, I thought you were really good about keeping that going. And sometimes, and from what you shared with me creatively, you kind of hit the end of the road with that one. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's, sometimes there is the right time to walk away. I don't yeah. know if it was or not, but it sounded like from what you shared with me, that wasn't a case of you losing focus or, or getting tired of it. No. And the thing is, once I get started with something, it's about trying to get things, you know, trying to get things started. Once it's going, great. Because, you know, it's exciting and everything like that. And the thing with Samuel videos that I have on my YouTube channel, um, they were great because it was funny. It was kind of sometimes inappropriate. Um, a lot of times inappropriate. Always inappropriate. Always inappropriate. <laughs> but they were, you know, they were fun. And the thing was, is my favorite part about it was to go out, even my friends, and them quoting things. And it was like, these are my own friends that are like loving these, you know, I get to entertain them. And that's my favorite thing is if I could stand in a room and make someone laugh or, you know, do that, it's great. When I could make a video and make thousands of people laugh or, you know, at least be entertained, that's, Awesome, which is why YouTube is such a great tool for me because I ha- can have these ideas and put them out in video form. Well, let's talk about YouTube for a moment. Do you have a project right now that people can check into? Uh, actually, if if you, people do subscribe to my YouTube channel now, I'm currently writing a whole series of short films. They're not related episode after episode, but they are, um, you know, I'm going to start releasing a new one every week. And the thing is, is with Samuel, I found out, I mean, I found that, you know, I was so excited. The first ever Samuel I put up, I didn't have a huge following on, on YouTube or anything like that. And overnight, just because my friend's sharing and stuff like that, I wake up the next morning because I upload it late in the afternoon. I wake up and it has a thousand views. And, you know, YouTube wise, that's not you know, a million views, not anything like that. But for me, it was like, oh my God, a thousand people saw this. Yeah. That is incredible. You know, people are already writing to me, things like that. And that was just so exciting that I had to keep doing it. But the thing was, is Samuel was so, had such a structure that I was only able to change a few things. Once you knew the structure and you've seen the structure over and over again, I watched my view count start to drop a little. And as soon as I start to see it drop throughout the weeks, or at least slow down in how fast the view counts would come in, I realized I need to change it up. So I made a few changes, but it was still always the same structure. So now I want to do, you know, I was stuck with that character. And now I want to make... um videos every week that are completely different. Yeah. So, you know, you may, some people may love one video, which happened with Samuel and hate another one. And other people love the one that someone hated. So this way, if I make a new one, a completely new one every week, then, you know, you may not like this week's, but next week's is completely different. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really um, smart way of going. How far along are you right now? 
Um, I actually have two complete, completely written and cast and ready to go. We're going to start shooting them uh, as soon as we can. When are you launching? Um, I don't have an exact. I'm trying to pin you down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to sound like I got my my stuff together right now. But um, well, let's say this: they should check in with you on you know subscribe to your YouTube page, and yeah. and that will naturally bring them when the series is up. They'll get it, right? Yes, yeah, they'll get an email saying that a new video is up. Okay. And then from that point on, they'll know that there's a new one coming. And it's week. Alex Mandel. Yep, That's just the whole. YouTube.com slash Alex Mandel. And same with, with Twitter is uh, at Alex Mandel because I do write all the progress that, you know, is going on with that so that I do keep people updated and they'll know what's going on. But these shorts are, are great. I'm having fun writing them. I know whenever I do a video, I learn a lot. Just from the process. Yeah. And the comments that come in, you know, as much as there's bad comments and good comments that, you know, sometimes the bad ones, people go, well, why don't you just delete them? Because you do have the power to delete them. Mm -hmm. I'll never delete a negative comment because people, you know, it may start up an, an argument on my, you know. Well, getting people moved video. is a big deal. Yes. Either way. Either way. If and someone's emotional, I think that's a success. Yeah, you know, if it brings attention to it, these people, they're writing negative things. And there was, you know, certain people that wrote negative things on every video I released. But as much as they're writing negative videos, they're uh, negative comments. That means they're watching every video. So thank you for yeah. being a viewer. <laughs> that's right. I agree. Um, you know, one thing that's really impressed me, among other things, is you seem, you appear to be very grounded. You know, you seem to have like, um, and you're only 23. And... There are a lot of people who've grown up in the kind of lifestyle you've lived in, you know, being in the celebrity type world that I don't see this kind of groundness. And am I delusional? Is there a side of you that I'm missing? Are you like an animal when you walk <laughs> away I, I from am, me? I am, you know, known to be pretty wild and crazy, you know, amongst my friends. Well, though, you seem responsible. The th yes. And the thing yeah. is, is I, I, owe, I do owe that to my parents. And I, I have to say that you know, my people ask my dad, you probably didn't see him a lot when you were young. Well, the thing is, I did. I probably saw him more than a lot of kids saw their dad because if he was, you know, gone for an extended period of time, he turned it into a vacation. So we would, the whole family would go with him while he would work. Or, you know, if he was doing shows in Vegas or anything like that, he would make the effort to come back every night, fly back every night so that he could wake up, wake us up for school. We have breakfast, everything like that together. Then he flies out does all his work in Vegas and then flies back that night again to do that. And he makes sure that he's not out of town, you know, for any extended period of time without, so that he was there in our lives, which was important, you know, and he felt that was important. That was great. And so that was, you know, that meant a lot to me and was very respect, respected. You know, I respected that very highly of him. And, you know, even though I wanted to be getting the business from when I was really young, he kept saying, no, 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 you need to go to school. If you want to be in this business, you need, you can go do community theater or school theater or anything you want, you know, on that, in that sort. And he said, when you're 16, you could drive, you could drive yourself to auditions. Well, I turned 16 and he said, you know what? Um, when you're 18, you can make a decision whether you want to do this because then you'll be an adult. And now he did, you know, over the summer, if he had a show going, he was always, you know, I have a part for you. You should come in and try this. And it was fun. And it was, you know, I ended up apparently being kind of good at it because people, yeah, were, hiring me, yeah. people were hiring me on other, on other things. I don't ever like to say, you know, to praise myself, but, you know, people were hiring me on other things and asking me to do this. I've worked with was, you. You're great. I mean, I, I can I've, say yes, that. And, we've worked on a couple shows together, which has been amazing. Yeah, they've been a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, when I, when I turned 18, I, this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, and he was never going to be like, oh, you shouldn't do it. Now, then he was, you know, 100% behind me with everything I wanted to do. He supported everything I want to do. And if I'm really like set towards something, he'll guide me always in the right direction. But, you know, he's going to support anything I want to do, which was always great. And he always instilled everything in me that was important, you know, schooling and family and everything. So I felt like I grew up in a life not like many kids who have, you know, celebrity or well-known parents who don't have that, you know, it's like, oh, go do what you want. I'm going to be gone for a while. Go do this. You know, I ha I do have friends that are in a completely different direction. I'm not going to say any names, but, you know, I have friends that didn't wind up, you know, having the correct 
you know, mindset in, in the way to live their life right. and they're doing bad things or they're ending up in rehab or they're doing, you know. But your mom has a lot to do with the way you were raised too. Yes, right? yes, definitely. I mean, I think your mom's amazing and, and so down earth as well. And the, Yeah, and they're always willing to, you know, it's never a solid structure with our family. It's always, you know, I was having problems. So my parents, you know, did the work to find out how are we going to help him rather than, you know, do this, do, you know, they were never, it was always, you know, let's do what's right for them and not, you know, not care about what society says is the right thing to do. And then little did they know nowadays it is the right thing to do what they were, you know, the way they raised me with, you know, being okay and switching schools and everything was, was to do, to make sure that I was happy and that I was doing well and everything like that. And my two sisters, them too, you know, my older sister, Jackie had a lot of problems Growing up, she got into a lot of bad things and was terrible in school and still managed to go to the, uh, you know, the college she wanted to go to. And the first year she almost failed out. And, you know, she's she, hopefully she's not listening. She's like, no, because this is good. I'm, I promise there's a happy ending. Yes, this. there's a happy ending. And she's she. Um, so she went there and they said, you know, we're not going to pay for this if you're not going to try. And the thing was, is it had nothing to do with my parents. It was just the crowd she was in, you know, especially from the high school she went to, which... It was a public school. It was right? a public school, yes. And that was probably a choice, what, so that you guys would have a... I know you went to private school. Originally, yes. you were in a public. Was this so you'd have a normal public life experience? Yeah, and that's that's why she was there. And, you know, it. The, the, I know a lot of the people that go to those schools are or that school in particular, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative about it, but it did have, you know, a lot of bad people. Well, then something happened where she was away from those people and she had more of an influence on my parents. And this was in high school. She changed this was schools in, or she, well, no, when she went to college. Okay. She wasn't in that school anymore. She wasn't in high school anymore. Right. So she wasn't around those people. She got a whole new group of friends and everything like that. And then she went off to graduate that and go to graduate school at UCLA and graduated there with a degree in education and got her master's in education and now she's a teacher teaching for underprivileged, you know, kids. And she's like, you know, got her life together. She's getting married, everything like that. So everything was, you know, worked out. And I just think it like if it was just to uh, really to way my parents raised us, I, I would say that it was that's why I am the way I am. I look at me going off on a tangent try, and you're trying to figure out what I'm talking about because no, I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm talking no, about. No, I do. I, it does make sense. I mean, I think what you're saying Yes. Is you you're showing how you, your parents have how they parented your sister? Yes, and how that all worked out. Yeah, and how they've perhaps some of the style they used with your sister they've also used with you. Yeah, and and the thing was is they they were able to you know they like I said before my dad is totally open to therapy and everything like that so he did that with my sister because he said I don't want to punish you for this I want to know why. You are the way you are. I want to know how I could help you, how I could do this and everything like that. And, you know, that's ended up ultimately what helped my whole family and my parents with my so sister. So there was stress with everyone around There was, that. oh yeah, you know, and I'm in the other room while, you know, they're having a fight, you know, and, and it ended up, they, because they know how to handle it and they know what the correct thing to do is. And, you know, my mom and my dad both grew up in Toronto. It's not like my dad became big and then met my mom, you know, when he was, it's not like that. It had nothing to do with that. He grew up with the morals of, you know, families first. This is who I grew up with. This is, you know, everything. And grew up from living in where he shared a bedroom with his brother in a small apartment. So, you know, he, uh, with his whole family, actually. And... Not a bedroom with the whole family. (laughs) I love your grandmother. I couldn't imagine (laughs) everyone in the one room. (laughs) Yeah. No, especially, especially with my, with my dad in there. He's plays jokes on everyone, even including me. Right. And which embarrasses me a lot of the time, um, all the way back from when I can, from before I can remember. A lot of times inappropriate because. What's the, uh, what's the one thing you remember the most embarrassing joke or prank your dad pulled on you? Oh, this one comes straight to the top of my head. Um, he, okay. This is going to sound weird. On my dad's side of the family, for some reason, we have like extra bones that grow like an extra, he has something weird in his back. Where he caused him to bat a bad, bad back. My sister has, he has two an extra knee- bone in his back. I don't know something like that, which caused him to have a bad back. My sister has two knees. My older sister. I, what do you mean three knees? Do you mean this. two knees and one leg? In one leg, 
Two knees and one leg. Because you're supposed to have two knees. Yes, you're right. She has three. It's not actually, it doesn't have a joint. She can't bend it the sideways, but she has like an extra like bone that comes out of like. She should be just an amazing dancer. Um, you would think. You would. I, I don't. But if she so. knees you in the balls, it's going to really hurt. <laughs> yes. Because she's got a knee for each nut. But, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, but she, uh, she um, has that. And then for me, my the right side of my chest is a little bit higher than the left because there's like, I guess, an extra bone in my chest or something like a, a, a growth. But that sounds so weird. And I'm not saying I have some growth have in bone. my chest. Okay. But I went to the doctor when I was in fifth grade. I went yeah. to the doctor and the um, doctor, I guess, had talked to my dad and pre-planned this when I was waiting in the in the doctor's office. And he came in and he said, um, what you have is actually a boner. And I said, <laughs> I, you know, I because I'm in fifth grade, I, I'm going to laugh at every, you know, at that. And I'm still laughing now. Uh, but he says, he says, you have a boner. I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And so I'm laughing. He goes, no, it's not funny. He goes, actually, and had this whole like this is the reasoning. Yeah, the doctor is telling me that it's because, um, and my dad's in there too, like explaining. And my dad says, you know how like, he goes, that's actually where the term came from. He goes, you have a bone in your chest and there's a bone protruding from it. It's coming out. He goes, so that's why they actually called the, you know, down there. It's like, it's like a bone coming out, you know, protruding from it. And I was like, oh, so it made sense. Right. You know, of course. So I have a bone in my chest. And <laughs> I said, well, what should I do about it? And my dad said, you probably shouldn't do PE. Shouldn't do physical education. No. So he forgot to tell me he was kidding. I went to school and I was sitting in PE with my whole like fifth grade class. And we're all going to do PE. And the coaches, you know, we called our like teachers are standing there. And I raised my hand. And they called on me and I told them that I can't do PE today. And they asked why. I said, it's because I have a boner. No I expected, way. I expected them to know because, <laughs> you know, these are health coaches. They know like right. all this stuff. And at, <laughs> you, you swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I told them I can't do PE because I have a boner. And they, they kind of <laughs> chuckled a little bit, but like tried to stay really certain. They said, what did you just say? I said, I have a boner. It's in my chest. I'm not lying. I went to the doctor to get my boner checked out. And they, you know, everyone in the whole grade is looking at me and laughing. And I'm kind of like, don't know what to think right now. Just embarrassed. And I'm kind of trying to smile. But at the same time, you know, I thought I have this medical problem. And here's all these people laughing at me. They sent me to the principal's office. So they said, tell her. And I said, I can't do PE because I have a boner. And she said... <laughs> She called my parents and she, and I could overhear on the phone and she's calls my and my mom answers. She says, why is your son saying that he can't do P.E. because he has a boner? And she goes oh, and I could just hear her over the phone going, Howie, what did you tell him that he is? He goes, oh, my God. And he and I could, you know, my dad then told my mom that he forgot to tell me he was oh. kidding. So he had to make an apology, write an apology letter to the to the school. Your dad. The principal, yep. And had to apologize for me uh, saying that in front of my whole class and had to say that it was inappropriate because we're in fifth grade and everything. But it's it's things like that, you know, little things. That was one of the bigger ones, but there's things like that as I was growing up. Is there one other story that's that funny? That's um, a great one. Well, I'm not going to ruin that story by saying another one because there's no, that one's really like... That's, That's the king of to, kings. Just because, you know, what kid in fifth grade wants to raise his hand in front of his whole grade and tell everyone that he right. can't do PE because he has a boner? Was this co-ed? Yes. Oh. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also horrible that you said it was in your chest. Like, I yeah. would be wondering how did the boner get in your chest? Well, and, I'm sure everyone else was wondering that like, too, but it, it kind of haunted me for a little while. They because, call you boner at school and stuff? No, it was just like, you know, I would be like tired and they go, oh, are you taking a break because you're boner? You know, everything that's no, I'm not. No, you know, everything was just so I was embarrassed because I felt so stupid that I believed that. Right. That's really good. How when did you realize how and maybe you haven't yet because it's hard. Um, what a genius your dad is. Has it ever struck you like, wow, he really is um, incredibly gifted. Yes. I, you know, he just, he does amaze me with everything he does because he has like, he does everything. He does, you know, he's- He doesn't he's, change a tire. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> when I say he does everything, I mean, he's like, 
you know, all over the place, like does things because, you know, I don't know if he wants me to say his age, but he's he's getting older. I mean, yeah. And he um, he's getting older. But the thing is, is he still like he'll push himself until he's literally on the floor. Because I've seen him on the floor. He goes like, yeah, he, he calls. I call him. I go, where are you? To, to see if he wants to go get lunch. Oh, I'm in New York. It's like, oh, when did you go to New York? Oh, no, no, I'll be back tonight. Don't worry. And then he comes back and the next, and then he may go to three, like, he's like, do you want to come with me to something? He goes to three or four cities around the U.S. in a day. And then he still has to, he's producing like, you know, anywhere from four to 10 shows at a time with his, you know, company with NBC. And he's doing like all this stuff. And it's just, I don't even know how he does it or how he can power through it, but he'll work until he's literally sick in bed, can't do anything. And which doesn't happen often because he doesn't touch anything. So he doesn't get a lot of germs. But, but no, I know. I know what you mean. I mean, I've, I've had the good fortune of seeing it up close. And it is amazing. His drive is just incredible. Yeah. And he just is so driven to do everything that he wants to do that he does everything that he wants to do. Yeah. What about um, as a kid or even as an adult? Was there a time when do you remember the first time you're like, wow, um, he's kind of famous. I mean, like, was that a a moment in your life where it kind of occurred to you he's not just my dad or you were watching a show with him or um well the thing is is when i was growing up he was bigger when i was young he was bigger in the comedy world and and everything like that and my friends weren't watching his comedy mm-hmm. so when i was in like elementary school or even going into middle school but their parents knew who he was so all my friends would say, my parents say that your dad's famous or anything like that. And it really, you know, it was cool. There was still like, you know, I would go places and it was still crazy. And I still, he would still have a lot of people coming up and asking to take pictures and his autograph. But it wasn't around my friends until really Deal or No Deal came around. Then it was people my age knowing who he was. And, and that's, that's really funny. interesting. I wouldn't have expected that answer. Yeah, it's just, it didn't actually, you know, hit my friends level. What about you? Is that when it hit you more? Um, that's when it, that's when I had to be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say cautious about it, but cautious about it just because there was a lot of people trying to contact me for, you know, to get through to him or people becoming my friend and I finding out for the wrong reason because they're trying to get things out of it. Mm -hmm. Or even as far as relationship wise is girls thought it was cool to be, you know, um, dating or whatever his son which right. is not I don't, I don't think anyone wants to date a girl knowing that she's going out with him because of his father but you know for any reason but that um that's where i had to start being a little bit more cautious with everything you know um what are what are some things that you know some of the things i've learned from your dad i mean there's it's hard to even say them because there's so there are so many and um you know part of it is a lot of it is just what an amazing uh you know, just a human being, what a great heart he has and how hard he works. And, um, you know, his talent is, is natural wit as well as what he works on. I mean, he's, he's, uh, there's, you know, just like one of the ideas, I mean, that Nike saying, just do it. Yeah. You know, that's a big idea of his. I mean, I, and not that it came, not that he gave it to Nike, but yeah. the idea of, has he shared that with you? You know, that, that oh, just do always. it. He's and he will continue like he says he knows it's cliche and he knows it's Nike's thing and everything. But the one thing when people say like, how do I get into this? How do I you know, a lot of people go, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. How do I get started with comedy? How do I? And he says he goes as much as I hate to say because it's that he goes, I love to say just do it. He goes, that's what you have to do. You know, he started his career on a on a dare. They dared him to go up on amateur night at a comedy club. And he just did it. And that's what started his career. And he says, you know, from then on or even before that, that's what his philosophy is. If you want to do something, just do it. You know, with um, and he's told that to me and we've had some amazing conversations. And I think that um, that's a side that people don't get the opportunity, the privilege to get to know is the serious side of him. Because it's there's a real there's a Yiddish word, Hamisha. You know, Hamisha is a good. I have no idea. Yeah, but that's what, (laughs) you know, and um. And that's, those conversations are particularly really special. Yeah. Um, And it's a different side of him that, that a lot of people don't get to know. With my father, he's, um, he's really successful in the insurance business. And there are people that have worked with him over the years who, who love him, um, look at him as a mentor, as I I do look at your father that way. And um, I wonder, being my dad's son, 
it's great because I've known him forever. But there's something you, I miss in that I never got that fresh meeting. What do you mean? It's hard to describe. Like with my dad, like he's my dad. Yeah, I get my dad's very successful and he has all these great qualities, but the familiarity is so there that I never had. There's also a, um, a benefit sometimes to meeting someone. Like if I wonder what that experience would be for me if I, he weren't my dad and I met him, would I be blown away more or would I? Yeah, does this you, make, mean, you mean if you're not related to Yeah, him? like your dad is your dad. Yes. As much as, you know, but I meet your dad and yeah. I have this, you know, incredible life altering type, you know, really special experience. Yeah. That's just unique because only I could have it as meeting him when I did in my life. Yeah. And it, do you ever I, think about that? I do think about that. And I also think about it in the reverse, which is he thinks I'm great. He thinks, you know, he's always, oh, you're so talented with this and everything like that. But I'm also his son. Would he think the same of me if I wasn't his son? Would he actually be like, you know, right now he wants to get a show going with me. We want to work together and everything like that. What is he doing? It be, yes, he's doing it because I'm his son. But at the same time, reverse of what you're saying is, would he still be just as like, you know, amazed at what I'm doing or, or, you know, my talent or anything like that. And then going to what you're saying is I do wonder what it would be like to meet him if he wasn't, and you know, it, it would be weird. And I see other people that meet him. And the thing is, is when they're so amazed by him and they're, you know, and it's so great. It just, I enjoy it because I'm like, I'm very proud of my dad with everything he does. And I, you know, if it wasn't, socially not okay for me to be going out and shouting out who my dad is. The only reason I would be is because I think it's so great that what he's doing that I want to share with people. Like he's doing this and this It's so crazy. I'm proud of what he's doing and I'm proud to say this is what he's doing and I'm his son. You know, people are saying this is such an important man. I'm his son. I'm so proud to be called his son. Unfortunately, socially that's not okay because that means I'm trying to get something out of it in everyone's mind. So, you know, but yes, I, I do wonder what it what it would be but i do get to see other people meeting him and and watching and seeing like you know he is a great you know great guy and a genius with what he does and even on his philosophies on life and you had the opportunity to talk to him on a level that a lot of people don't which is on a serious level because he's usually a funny guy and i love it yeah and he's very smart you know he's a very smart man when you get to actually have a conversation with him a serious conversation yeah Definitely. And, and, um, you know, very thoughtful. Yeah. You know, and also the, the, the love for you guys, you know, his family is, you know, he really is a great example because he does maintain the family values and the fact he did marry your mom, someone he met in high school. I think that's just says, uh, not that one can't have a great marriage meeting someone later in life, Yeah, but their bond is, is so great to see. You know, and I, I hate to say this, but I like to say it also is, I'm sure relationships get tested when he's gone and, you know, and especially in, in a world where everyone wants to, you know, say hi to him or see him. I'm sure there's a lot of women that try to throw themselves at him. And, you know, and he's my dad is it probably took a lot for my mom to be like, OK, with him leaving town and her being, you know, back to take care of the kids, to us, take care of us or anything like that. And the thing is, is. I know that she was never worried because my dad has like these values that are so important to him. And partly, yes, like what you're saying is he met my mom in high school and grew up with her. And this is something, you know, so his, this is like important to him, his family and everything. And nothing gets, you know, nothing becomes more important than that to him in, in any world. Everything's first. Well, that's the interesting, you know, there are many kind of, um, I'll say like ox. Uh, there's things about him that are unpredictable. Like, you know, a lot of these guys in comedy, you know, I do stand up and, and we see other comics there. They have a lot of troubles, you know, with their personal lives. A lot of them, uh, you know, emotional stuff. And, um, and, you know, yet your dad has maintained this stability in his personal life. That is really fascinating to see because, Especially if you look at his stuff early on, he just was kind of, you know, very physical and the what, 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 and, yeah. you know, a lot of props and, and zany kind of, you know, yeah. wild. And like, you know, deep down, there's this guy who's actually very serious minded who eventually wants to have a family 
and makes that his top priority. It's just an interesting uh, combination. Yeah, he was he was always, you know, when he was young, was always known to be a super crazy, you know, comedian and guy, always like off the walls and everything like that. And so that's, you know, I, I'm happy that he was able to, you know, see what was important in his life and everything like that. And he, you from to go from jokester to, in my mind, perfect father was is important to me. I don't know anything before perfect father, right? But, you know, I seem to and. Not again, not to praise myself or not to, you know, speak highly of myself. But the one thing I hear from a lot of people is they're surprised that I, you know, talk to them or, or hang out with them and, and they get to know me. And they're like, you know, I have to say, you really have your head on straight or you're just such a normal guy. Where, you know, you're not like, you know, uh, if, if I don't know what I could say. On here, but you know, an, you're an not asterisk. Lindsay Lohan or some or Perez, exactly. Paris Hilton or so, I don't know some. You could be. Are, you could have a reality. Sh- people are shocked, and they they want they right away. Sometimes people judge me, and they think, oh, he thinks he's so cool. I I'm just you know having fun. I'm always doing this, and it shocks me that when people think like, oh, wh- even when they say like, oh, you're such a down to earth kind of guy, it's like, well, why wouldn't I be? I, are you expecting me not to be? Are you you know? Anything like that. And the thing is, I just think I was raised right or correct. And that's um, something that's never really phased me is I don't know how these other people weren't. I don't know what went on that, that you right. know. Well, you only know what you know. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, and, and I've enjoyed getting, getting to know you as an adult because I didn't get, I didn't really know you as a child. You know, you're kind of quiet and would run yeah. off and do your own thing. And so... It is interesting. I've also, when we've had the opportunity to work together, which is just a great experience and, and amazing, you know, it must be weird for you because you remember me from when you're a little boy and yeah. then we're doing stuff together creatively, even sitting right here. Yeah. That might be a little weird for you. I don't know, but. It's, it's definitely in the, you know. And I think of you as an equal. You know, this isn't like I'm thinking of you as a child here. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's great. And the thing is, is there's sometimes when I, when I do get, you know, at the age I'm at, I'll work with my dad on things and everything like that. And in my mind, it's like, I'm still his son. And like, for you, you've known me since I was very young. So it's, that it that does go through my mind. It's, am I still the little boy or am I still, you know, and it's it, it does mean a lot to work at the same level as, you know, I, because I do respect everything you do and love your work. And it's, it's it makes me laugh every oh, time. that's nice. Thanks. Um, you know, I did grow up with, with you, um, at every birthday party, diving in the pool in your speedo and cat mask, but <laughs> <laughs> that's besides the July Fourth party. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Because the last one, Frank might take a break. Oh yeah, I think so. Well, for a little bit. Frank's my cousin. Those of you don't know, and <laughs> he sometimes shows up in a cat mask in a speedo. Well, um, you uh, also. In, I live in Malibu right now, and there's a pillow on my couch that I believe you. Oh, Frank. To. The uh, Frank sent uh, that. Uh, uh, Frank, oh, I sent yes. it on Frank's behalf. Oh, yeah, you sent it on Frank's behalf. That's it. But it's it's of um, Frank in right. a uh, speedo, posing by the pool, and, and um, so that's definitely it. a conversation starter. The house when when people and an come ender. over, <laughs> yeah, starter yes. and an ender. Well, listen, Alex, we're almost out of time. But is there any? Where can people find you? On Twitter at Alex Mandel or YouTube if YouTube.com slash Alex Mandel. Or even on Facebook. Well, okay. And I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to come all the way here downtown. And like I said, I'm really excited for you, proud of you, and um, so happy for how life is, is showing, you know, forming for you. It's, it's just great to watch. So great. thanks again. I appreciate here. it. Yeah. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening right here on Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question.